Welcome, investigator. Evil is on the rise. Crime is escalating. Our mission is to eliminate the crime by exposing evil, examine why it manifests, and highlight the brave souls that confront it every day. Join us as we work together to bring justice to every victim. Welcome to All Things Crime. Here's your host, Jared Bradley. Hey, everybody. It's Jared, your host with All Things Crime. Welcome to another episode. I'm excited this morning to have a number of guests on here from Mobile Sheriff's Department and Intermountain Forensics Crime Lab. And we are going to be talking about a pretty unique case where it was a Jane Doe for a lot of years, and which isn't in itself exclusionary, but how this case was solved, I think, was pretty amazing. And so definitely wanted to bring uh, Olivia JT and Danny on with us to, to talk about this case. And so, guys, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. You bet. So we're going to start with Olivia. Olivia, why don't you introduce yourself really quick so the, the audience knows who, who we're talking to. Okay. My name is Olivia McCarter. I'm a genealogy analyst for the Mobile County Sheriff's Office and a co-owner of Moxie Forensic Investigations. I was the lead genealogist for this Jane Doe case. Awesome. JT? Hello, I'm Sergeant JT Thornton with the Mobile County Sheriff's Office. I worked at the uh, municipal police for three years and then came over to the Sheriff's Office. I've been here for about 13 years now. So how many years total is that, JT? 16 total. Right on. Okay. Appreciate it. Danny? I'm Danny Helwig. I'm the Director of Laboratory Development for Intermountain Forensics. We're a nonprofit forensic lab out in Salt Lake City, Utah. And my job is basically case consultation. I'm the guy who talks to the investigators and works through some of the details on how to how to process these cold cases. Awesome. And Danny's been on before. So if you go way back in the archives, what was that? A couple of years ago when we were in the middle of COVID, I think I, I begged you to come on the show, right, Danny? Always. I'm there for you, man. Always. <laughs> Always a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Especially during uh, COVID. I mean, come on. Yeah. Back when, um, you know, Zoom was our only form of communication. And uh, yeah, that was, that was a, that was a rough time. So, well, guys, welcome. And you know what? This case, as, as people, it's interesting for me, you know, being with MVAC systems, we typically don't know what cases are being worked on. And so when, when big news breaks, it, it, especially when it hits like Forensics Magazine and things like that, it's, it seems like I'll, my phone just starts blowing up and I'll start getting emails and text messages from all, all my friends around the country that, are, that see these, this news. And, you know, it's just fantastic because we, we love it. And we especially love giving the accolades to the people that are on the front line solving it, which is you guys. So that, that's another reason why I wanted to have you on. You know, I, I know as investigators, you guys don't don't enjoy tooting your own horn, but I do. So I, I, I want to give you guys, uh, you know, the, the thumbs up and the accolades that you deserve for for solving these kind of cases, because frankly, it's it's it doesn't happen enough. And, you know, just serving and doing what you guys do, uh, you de- you deserve, you know, every accolade we can possibly give you. So, JT, I want I want you to kind of if you could explain who the the victim was and and who um uh you know how how you ended up with this case i grew up in a little town called gray bay it's in uh alabama in mobile county uh grew up hearing about this case ever since i was a kid people in a small town they always talk and things tend to stick out in their minds 
So when I had the opportunity, while I was assigned to, I do believe it was uh, youth investigations. I got a little bit bored because we'd have a giant caseload and went looking for something to do and found this case and began working on it and trying to track down leads and work through everything that was in her case file, which was quite a bit, despite it not really going anywhere and kind of petering out. Yeah, well, uh, who who is Ada? Ada was a... Uh, <laughs> She was a woman from the uh, West Coast of the United States, which really led to a bunch of uh, dead ends here because, like I said, close community, usually somebody knows each other, but nobody had any idea who she was. It wasn't until we decided to send the uh, dental mold off for testing that we would eventually get a lead that definitively said that the Jane Doe found in Sessions Creek in Grand Bay, Alabama in 76 was Ada Fritz. Yeah, and so Ada... From what I've read, and Olivia, you can help out with this because um, I, I I got some of it off of your your website, the Moxie is it Moxie dot com? Moxieforensics dot com, yeah. Uh, Moxieforensics dot com. So I found some cool information on there. So everybody needs to go uh, check out their website. And but Ada was born in Wyoming. And do you guys have any idea how some lady that was born in uh, Wyoming in nineteen fourteen? would end up in uh, Arkansas and Alabama? Apparently, once she retired from the Oregon State Hospital, where she worked at for many years in the laundry department, she traveled the world and went on really long fishing trips. So that's kind of why I think she was down here. Her mom had just passed away, so I think that she went on a trip. Okay. and But basically, if she was just traveling kind of by herself, I mean, that would make a lot of sense why if she, um, you know, disappeared, then nobody would really report her as missing. So last known residing in Arkansas, I'm just kind of reading this. The remains were found May 18th in 1976 and uh, gunshot to the back of the head and their hands were mutilated. Um, JT, any insight on to who would have shot her and, and mutilated her hands or why? The mutilation of the hands is a good indicator that they were trying to obstruct law enforcement from identifying the deceased. Also, there were bags wrapped around her wrist where her hands would have been and also her head. This was most likely to keep blood from entering into the trunk of a motor vehicle. There are also some other indications on scene that this person was likely acting alone and moving the body by themselves, which we do have some people that were in the area at the time. They really couldn't identify the vehicle, but they said it was just one person outside of the car in the multiple accounts we have of that evening. Well, is that, I, I, I'm we, assuming that now that you've identified the victim, this has turned into a homicide investigation. Yes. The suspect, though, is a Henderson James Williams. He murdered his mother in the 90s and also disposed of her body in the same manner. And she was probably, I'd say, less than 10 miles from where Ada Fritz's body was found in 76. And also, Mr. Williams was arrested in uh, Newport News, Virginia, and I want to say 1973 for another murder. But they have no records indicating why he was released after only 28 days in jail. Wow. So he was arrested for murder and then released 28 days later? Yes, that was in 73, and then we have Miss Fritz, who shows up deceased down here. And then in 94, Mr. Williams turns around and murders his own mother, which that murder actually occurred in Mississippi, 
Well, he was arrested and convicted and sentenced to uh, life in prison in Parchman, which is in Sunflower County, Mississippi. He passed away in uh, 2008. Oh, interesting. Yeah, seems like a really good guy. <laughs> well, so you, um, now my understanding is even once, um, well, when, in 76, they have this, this victim. She's been shot in the back of the head. Her hands are mutilated. But if you can't identify her, then you also can't keep her. So she was eventually cremated, from what I understand, and and buried from, I, I, there was like a, a charity or something that uh, paid for that, correct? From my understanding, yes. And then the uh, cremains or cremated remains were placed into a uh, large grave with some other cremated remains. Okay. So we had absolutely nothing to test for uh, DNA to identify her at that time. Thanks for joining us. Your attention today brings us one step closer to exposing and eliminating the evil that brings crime to our communities. Hit subscribe and share this episode. Together, we will bring justice to every victim.